Welcome back, Perfect Peeps, to Perfect Dad Dev. Today we have Brayden Sidoti with us, and he is the CTO and co-founder of Clerk, or is it Clerk.dev? You know, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Clerk, Clerk.dev. We don't have the .com, so. <laughs> Clerk. No, we don't either. It's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or developers, right? Yeah, the .dev TLD is great. Yeah. That's right. You got to rock it, right? Yeah. Um, do you want to give us just a little background? Like, how did you start out in development and why did you start building Clerk? Yeah, uh, sure. So, I guess uh, development started, or when did I start as a developer? It was definitely in college. I took like the undergrad classes, and, you know, from the first class, you just kind of get hooked in the problem solving. Uh, yeah, I remember some really tricky problems back there that like, took me a long time to solve. I was pretty bad at recursion for a very long time, and then then I got it. But that was that was a long time ago. Uh, and then after my junior year, I actually took two years off. And for the first year, I, I tried starting, or I was working on a project. I don't know if you can call it a startup uh, with my brother. Um, and that didn't go well. Well, it went all right. We made something, and then. Uh, we uh, ran out of money effectively since we had like, it's, it's an interesting story, but we were, we had like a thousand dollar. It was, I think it was a thousand dollar phone bill a month. And we didn't have much money because I was 19 and he was 18 or 17. Um, but anyway, after that one year, uh, I was still off and I was like, ah, I'm not ready to go back to school. So I took a job making iOS apps uh, in Brooklyn you know, I had never done it before. I never programmed an iPhone app. So they gave me like first month, just like learn everything. And so I picked like the worst thing to learn everything. I like made like chess, like a chess game on iOS, which teaches you like very little of actual iOS development, but it was fun. <laughs> and then after like week three, I was like, yeah, I can't get like this king to like move the right way. I wasn't the king, it was some other piece. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not learning anything about iOS. And then I gave me a real project and you know, that's kind of how I got started and I was there for a while. I, I, that was a, it's a good place to learn programming, a consulting shop, because you kind of get to mess things up, not on your own application. Yeah. And after the project's done, you get to uh, like kind of just move on to the next one and learn a lot. So yep. that was also a good learning experience to maybe steer clear of some consulting agencies, unless you're very careful with them. Cause you might get a 19 year old just not a program yet, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. We, we try to be very uh, out, out, like apparent with our junior devs. So I think it's okay as long as you tell people. Yeah, I heard oh. you talk about your brother in there too. Is that who co-founded Clerk with you? Wait, are you guys a dev shop? Uh, Coding Cat's not, but my day job is at OST and they are. So Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> no worries. No worries. We're good. Yeah, I know I met a great a bunch a bunch of great programmers and and I learned a lot because the senior developers were there to to really pick up the slack and teach me along the way. That's what it's all about. It's great. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, Brittany was was asking, and we're having a slight audio issue with Brittany, um, but she was wondering your your co-founder is that for Clerk also your brother? Yes, and it was the it was the same person that from back in the day. So. We reconnected, I guess, well, reconnected in a, in a professional sense when, uh, right before we started Clerk. And, um, you know, I was trying to make an iOS app for my friend and 
it was fine. Like I knew how to do all the iOS stuff. I was pretty new on the backend stuff and I had to figure out how to do authentication. And it was, even with all the tools out there, it was still more challenging than I wanted it to be. Uh, and I, I kind of asked him like, all right, how do we do this? And I was like, well, why, is, why isn't this easier? Like everyone knows what a login page is. Everyone knows how they work. Why isn't there some service I can just like drop in and not think about it? Um, and he kind of went into some of the technical details and then we, you know, decided to try and find an easier way to do it. And that's kind of what kicked off the start of Clerk and, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty sweet. So, um, I was looking for what year was Clerk? Was it 2019 you guys started on that? About yeah. that? Cool. Yeah, about, about two years ago, I would say is, is pretty accurate. And the, the interesting thing about Clerk is it's not just um, like we've talked a lot about iOS and, and mobile and things like that, but it is actually more geared on like the web side of things now. Is that correct to say and kind of approaching mobile in the future? Yeah, we actually haven't even gotten to uh, mobile yet. And right now our, our main focus is on um, Next.js in particular. Uh, so the, the Jamstack is, is really exciting, the really exciting technology. I feel like, you know, coding in, in these new React frameworks and Next.js in particular, uh, really makes things a lot simpler. And I think it's a sign of like what's to come in the future with developer tools. Uh, and so we're focusing our energy specifically on Next.js. And of course we work with React and we have a vanilla JavaScript library. Um, we haven't gone into, uh, the native mobile stuff. So Swift and Kotlin, we don't have yet, um, but we do have like React Native right now and we'll get there eventually. It's a surprising amount to build in a, just a simple login page. That was one yeah. of the questions I was actually going to ask later. I saw that you have like the Node vanilla JavaScript SDK and I've seen some tutorials on serverless too. Um, are there ways to do that in other frameworks? Like I work with SpeltKit a lot and um, like Vue, are there ways to do it through serverless functions to use Clerk? Yeah. So I'm not sure how uh, SpeltKit handles serverless uh, quite honestly. Uh, but it's very similar have... to Next.js. It's almost gotcha. identical, except it's not React. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it totally works in a serverless manner. I mean, we have uh, tutorials on how to work with Next.js serverless functions. Um, and really, it's all about getting the authentication cookie or token to that function, and then everything just kind of works. It's simple. See? <laughs> It's, it's supposed to drop in and be simple, right? <laughs> well, we handle all, we kind of do all the heavy lifting. So that's that's kind of another difference with us is that, uh, you know, a lot of, well, it might be changing a little bit, but authentication providers like OnZero and, and Firebase, they really help with the authentication piece. So just the act of taking these credentials, checking them and saying they're okay. We're kind of going a step beyond that and really handling the session management piece as well. Um, so the actual transporting of the cookie to the back end, such that it's really easy for the back end to just like read it. Uh, so you're doing authorization and authentication. And I read something about user management as well. So is that the session storage that you're doing? That is that extra step that makes clerks special from some of these other authentic or authorization and authentication yeah. places. 
Yeah. So we're actually, we haven't dove dove into authorization quite yet. So we're really strictly focused on authentication right now. Uh, And then session management is just a part of building a website to, you know, transfer authenticated credentials from front end to back end. And, uh, and so that's another piece that we're doing. And the reason we're kind of doing that is because we've, from the beginning, we've always been focused on ease of use and developer experience. And that's a big hurdle when you're first starting out and you just want things to work. It's like, oh, now I have to figure out how session management works. Uh, and I have to figure out figure it out across different environments. So, you know, your development environment works slightly different than your production environment. And with Cleric, we just kind of hide all those facts that you don't really need to know about cores and, and kind of all the other intricacies that, that go into setting those two up. And it just kind of works for you how you would expect uh, if you didn't know about well, cores and stuff. So if yeah. you aren't diving into um, authorization, can you go a little bit more in detail with like what that session storage is doing and how it's doing user management if it's not for like different types of roles? Like, what is that doing? Yeah. So, I mean, when we mean user management, uh, I think it goes back to kind of what we said. It's like, all right, we don't, we feel like Auth0 uh, and other authentication vendors aren't really doing a lot of the heavy lifting. They just handle the authentication piece. So we have the sign-in page, the sign-up page, and the user profile page. And we also have a user button as pre-built components. The user button is kind of the... It's, I think the best example of it is like Gmail, how in Gmail you can be signed into multiple accounts at once uh, and switch between them freely. And that's a feature that some sites have, some don't. It's because it's kind of a pain to build. And this this goes into session management as well. So we, we provide that functionality out of the box. And so there's also a button in there that links you to your user profile. And this is where the user management aspect comes into play. Inside of that user profile, you can like add, like change your email address, add a new email address, add two-factor auth, uh, see devices that are logged in. This is like another kind of more advanced user management feature that like Google has, but some others, other large, even other large companies don't have, where you can see where you have active sessions and revoke them remotely um, and things like that. And that's because we do the session management piece that we can power that. So that almost sounds a little bit like Firebase where you just drop in like pieces that are pre-built. And is that specifically for Next.js or does that work with any React app? So yeah, that works entirely with any React with any React app. And it is a lot like Firebase. Um, uh, you know, Firebase is a very good platform and their authentication is also very good. Uh, we are going deeper into some of the more... Um, complex or not complex but just deeper into authentication so there's uh the device management stuff that i talked about i'm not sure if firebase has 2fa by default um but we also kind of like let you up front pick how you want your users to sign in or sign up and we have kind of every range of options so like if you want to sign in if you want to let your users sign in with either a google oauth so sign in with google an email address or a password or sorry, or a phone number, we will provide that out of the box. You just check some buttons. And then if somebody accidentally signs in with their Google account uh, and had previously signed in with their email address that's associated with that Google account, we'll do that automatic merging. Same with other OAuth providers. So we're just really trying to solve the problem 100%. And and um, 
take care of all of these edge cases that that sometimes you you end up having to do yourself if you use something like Firebase. Yeah, I know one of the challenges with Firebase is they don't technically have these pre-built components um, that you can just drop in. We we actually use Firebase UI um, to take care of that, but that product is an extension of Firebase, of course. So it, it's kind of cool to see someone else approaching this. Um, not to like beat a dead horse here, or whatever phrase that's appropriate today, but um, you actually have integrations to Firebase and Hesura, and I, I thought I saw like Bubble IO or something like that on there too. Um, is that uh, how do I ask this correctly? Does the user management side stay within something like Firebase then, and you're just kind of uh, API in the middle of that, or what does that look like then? No, yeah, we're very much kind of still in the exploration phase of where directionally we're trying to go in the long run. So we, we built out a bunch of integrations and are kind of just trying things out. Okay. Uh, and more recently, we kind of decided to just go in depth on Next.js and kind of pick that as our focus. So that's why we have kind of these other scattered integrations. Um, some of them are no code. I think you mentioned um, Bubble. We also have N8N. Um, I think those are the two no code tools that we, we work with. And then uh, Firebase and Hasura, they, they're, they're both kind of backend integrations. So Hasura is this GraphQL database. And the way you authenticate or pass who is making the request to Hasura is through a JWT that's set up in a particular format. Uh, so what we have on our front end is you, you turn that on and then we'll just automatically generate that Hasura token. And then you can just pass that to your backend and you don't really have to fuss about it. And the same thing with Firebase. Firebase will take that JWT and then you can connect it to Firestore and follow all of the Firestore rules and stuff in there uh, gotcha. and don't have to worry about that piece. But you wouldn't be using... Actually, so I didn't make the... I didn't work on the Firebase integration, so I might be misspeaking here. But you would be using our UIs and I'm not sure how it works with the session management of Firebase, but I know it does in some way. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah I was just, I, I'll actually try it out myself and hopefully put a little something at the end here because I'm curious, um, a lot of the like authentication triggers and things under the hood are based on if a user is already authenticated through, but if it's passing like a JWT um, or if it has that token-based session, it, it should work either way. So it's kind of cool. I'll uh, have to play around. I haven't taken time to do it, but um, that's that's really awesome. So Kind of like, let's say a year from now, what does what does Clerk kind of look like for people? Are we just going to be able to go out to Vercel, click a click a button, say, "Yeah, I want I want Clerk as my login and Fauna database as my my backend," and off you go to the races? Is that kind of the goal? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think that would be pretty. It'd be a pretty awesome future. <laughs> uh, so we do actually have like a, a one-click Vercel integration. So if you uh, either go to our site or go to Vercel's marketplace, uh, integrations marketplace, you can click create an app with um, Vercel and Clerk, and it'll put a repo in your GitHub, and you can clone it and modify it, and everything just kind of works, and it gives you a, a starter that has all the features we talked about, the user profile, uh, user button, sign-in, sign-up, kind of working out of the box. Uh, and yeah, the, the next missing piece there is the back end. And, um, I think that's something too, that 
I feel like Vercel is trying to be, or Next.js rather, is, is rather unopinionated about it. Like Vercel yeah. has their slash API folder, which makes it really, really easy to use serverless functions, which is really cool. Um, but still not a great, uh, well, no native way to handle the back end. Um, and something like Hasura, and like if you want to use Hasura in GraphQL, and it, it does work pretty seamlessly, which is cool. Like you're just passing around these JWTs um and everything just kind of works which is you know the kind of the goal of this yeah for um, sure do you, yeah. do you see like role-based um items becoming part of the the clerk offering as well or is that already in there yeah so in kind of authentication well i guess to start what we have right now is, is very like loose we have like with every user you can associate metadata okay. uh, and you know, that metadata can either be editable or invisible or hidden from the, the front end. Um, so there's like different types. And you could use that to make kind of a simple RBAC system uh, where we're kind of trying to draw the line. And what we haven't fully decided on is whether or not we're kind trying to cater our product towards B2C apps. So like a, you know, a Facebook or an imager, I guess, where someone logs in and, and they're really just working on their own behalf. Uh, versus a B2B app, which is where RBAC is comes more into play. Um, so that's where you know you want to invite your team and kind of add uh, more users to your team. And there's admins and people in charge of billing and stuff like that. So we have the B2B project spec'd out, but we're not 100% um, complete on the B2C feature set. And before we just tack on more things and, and kind of add more to our product, we really need that super solid foundation and we're getting super close to it. Uh, I think right now we plan on starting this more comprehensive authentication set for B2B in um, Q1 of, of 2022. Uh, and, you know, we will have the basic RBAC things uh, and we'll also be trying to solve like invitations out of the box. So what we're imagining is some like dashboard that any application can show where you can easily and this, this dashboard would show for your users. So if you're making a B2B app, your users would be able to see this dashboard that's um, provided by Clerk, but completely customizable. Cool. Uh, and from that dashboard, add people, change their roles, um, and remove people from the team, create a new team, all these kind of things. And is, is that something that you would serve out of like Next.js under like an admin type of app or admin type of route? Or is that something that you would have to go to like clerk.dev to handle? Um, no, so that would be part of your application. So okay. if you're creating a, like a like a website on, on uh, like a Next.js website and you're using mm -hmm. Next.js and you create an account uh, and you and this is some application that requires a team, then you'll have some button in the upper right where it's like add members to my team. And then that'll display on your site. And then they will go through and invite somebody. So this yeah. is not from the admin side. We will have those ad the same dashboard controls as well, but this is purely from the end user side. Okay, cool. Yeah, that and that would sense. allow you to give those other people access to like editing certain things and like different controls. Well, once, yeah, once I think where we're, we're kind of deciding to draw the line, because this is, is kind of tough. It's like, where does clerk stop and the rest of the application yeah. <laughs> it needs to be a clean line? 
So for the RBAC functionality, it's like we will help you assign some role to a user. So a user is an admin or a user is billing. And then kind of what you do with that is up to the application developer. Uh, there are a few exceptions, like uh, somebody always has to be an admin on a team and you can't get rid of all the admins. That clerk would have to manage to power the the UI, the portal itself. But apart from that, it's it's completely defined by the um, developer and whatever whatever the application is. I, sh- I should have probably clarified some of our uh, listeners are a little more junior. So RBAC for everyone is uh, role-based access control. Um, so everything we're talking about are those roles, the admin versus some other type of role, and that's what RBAC essentially does. Sorry, should I add that earlier? <laughs> oh, no worries. Thanks for clarifying. Um, yeah, cool. So it sounds like you guys have a pretty solid product currently um and then you're you're looking kind of to that next phase of building that out i saw uh, kind of a news bulletin that you had raised four million in seed round do you want to talk about that a little bit or can you talk about that a little bit i feel like a lot of people that listen to this show and and are kind of in this space are always looking to how do you do a startup um and just talk about how that seed round went and how your pitches went yeah um, it, it was, it was certainly a lot, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of time, a lot of, a lot of talking to people and trying to find, find investors who are aligned with your vision. Um, so I, I guess if we go back to the start and when we first started clerk, we, um, met up with a group called South Park Commons, which is this great entre- entrepreneurial group. They pitched themselves as a place to explore. Uh, which I very much found to be true. And I, I think about half of half the people at South Park Commons are looking to start a company and then the other half are just exploring what they want to do next. Uh, so that was kind of a great place for us to enter into the community. And, you know, it's like we knew, we actually went there with an idea that we wanted to help make authentication easier, um, but we weren't quite sure on the details and like where, our products, like the definition of what our product would be and what our MVP would be and stuff like that. So when we were there, we, you know, talked, got to talk to a lot of people in the same place as us trying to start a company. Um, and I think that's probably really key to starting out is just talk to as many people as possible. Don't be afraid to share your idea because no one's going to steal your idea. It's all in the execution, uh, things like that. Um, and as part of that, they uh, we we did like a whole talk to as many investors as possible, and really, it's you know you start out you cold call people. Uh, eventually, one person will introduce you to another person, and it kind of kind of goes like that, and you see what happens. And it's a you know a fair amount of rejection, uh, yeah. but um, you have to have pretty thick skin to go through that process. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Yeah, <laughs> it's like going uh, to the Shark Tank, basically. More or less, and, and most of the time they, they kind of say no, and there's a number of reasons, and it's uh, it's definitely interesting. You kind of learn a lot about the process and and a lot about what you're trying to build with all the questions you get, and you like over time you can kind of hone on what you're trying, not only what your story is, but also what you're ultimately trying to do. Um, yeah, it's it was a really amazing story to me because like in in talking to you and kind of reading some of the history, and still like 
chatting with you now, you don't know exactly where this thing's heading. And so to be able to like express that to someone and, and get that seed money um, from S28 and, and stuff like that, it's it's really uh, kind of amazing to me as someone who hasn't been through that. And I feel like to put that out there and like let our listeners know, like if you have an idea, don't be afraid to, to chase that down. So I thought that was pretty incredible. Yeah, uh, it definitely on our part, it definitely took persistence and conviction, especially after, you know, hearing no a large number of times. Yeah. Um, but the, what, what kind of kept us going and what still kind of keeps us going is this belief that, um, you know, it, it should be easier to make an application to start building an application. And that's kind of our like guiding vision, I guess. Um, and we know the future is going to be like that. We know the future is going to be you press a few buttons and you kind of have all your pieces set up. Uh, that's inevitable. And we're just helping make that inevitability happen. Yeah, yeah we continue to see this uh, push towards like no code solutions or low code solutions. And that would fit like right in there. So that's pretty, it's pretty sweet to see that starting to happen. Um, a lot of people are scared of that, but I think it allows us more time to figure out all these complex problems and spend time in that world. So thank you for uh, creating a product that'll make that easier. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's, it's, I actually have a, well, an unformed thought that I guess I can share, but I'm a little nervous too. Uh, Go for it. If, if you completely mess up, we'll, we'll edit it out. So we'll see if this it. stays in. Well, so definitely, I'm definitely, I see the power of no code tools and, and low code tools. Um, but, you know, I think core to clerk is that we, you know, we're happy to assist in those, but we're, we are truly, we do truly want to make a developer tool, which is a little different. Yeah. And today, a lot of developer tools have been API only. So it's like, you get this API. Uh, and that's what the developer tool is. And, and you see some pieces starting to move to the front end, right? Like you see like the intercom chat bubbles, which is somewhat called a dev tool. Stripe has like Stripe checkout. And, and that's really because, and like Twilio, well, I don't know if Twilio and SendGrid have really pushed anything to the front end yet. Um, but it's really because that's where, that's where a lot of work has to be done still. It's like, sure, you have this API, but everyone's making this very similar front end over and over again. Yeah. Um, so with the way I see things going in this complete guess is like really low code, like React and components around React and Next.js and, and whatever future versions of these are is really going to become the next low code. Like it'll become simpler and simpler and you'll get more and more power out of these components that are servicized uh, such that you can create an application. Uh, and I think that's going to be, I think it's going to be really cool to see. Yeah, for sure. Probably I think that's too. something developers complain about a lot is that there's APIs and then they don't know how to style it. And so providing those components that are pre-built for them, I think is helpful to some people who think CSS is horrible and hate it, unlike me. <laughs> you looking for a CSS job? <laughs> I, I actually just got hired. Um, this will be the first time I'm saying that on record, but uh, Granger yes. hired me to build design systems in SvelteKit. So I'm very excited about that. That's so. very cool. Yeah, I didn't know we were going to talk about it. I didn't either, but it just got asked. So. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, sorry to to kind of pull this full circle uh, as far as CSS and stuff goes. Um, when I look at like the sign in or you know whatever components that you guys have, how much stylization can we put into those? That's something we're really working on right now. Okay. Like, there's definitely like right now we have well customization is just is hard, especially from like a WYSIWYG, which is why CSS is amazing. It's just so powerful. Yeah. Um, but with with what we're working on and and you know other tools, other front end based kind of developer tools, is there multi step flows and multi page flows? So how do you customize those in a sensible way using either like a WYSIWYG or uh, editor uh, and make it also more powerful to completely customize it to a brand using CSS. Um, so what we have right now works as in you can go in, you can put our modal on, on your page and then you can go in and write CSS and throw a bunch of like importance in front at the end of it, which mm -hmm. is really ugly. And I don't think anyone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> You're making our ears hurt. Careful. So yeah, exactly. So we're trying to figure out how to improve that. And that's one of our, our next big projects is, is cleaning up kind of the CSS stuff so that you can actually target things in a sensible way. Can, um, can I throw a suggestion your way? Yeah. Um, have, have you messed around with Ionic at all? Uh, their components? I personally have not. Okay. Um, it uh, it might be worth checking out um, because they do a lot with CSS variables and the like global scope. And then um, you can, you can just take and update your root at like, you would put uh, like clerk sign in uh, main or something like that. And that color could go from the blue that you have to purple and it would immediately just cascade to everything. CSS variables are the best thing ever or like some kind of configuration file, anything. I mean, Tailwind does a pretty good job of that, too, where you can just configure things up front into whatever you want, like colors and stuff. Cool. But yeah, CSS variables are fantastic. I'll have to check that out. I remember. So it's weird how we're and I don't I don't know enough of the details, but you know, we're putting JavaScript onto somebody else's page through through our own package. And I forget if we were able to inject dynamically CSS variables um, or if there was some weird funkiness that that was going on. Forget if we figured that out. But yeah, CSS sure. variables are awesome, but I, 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 I wasn't sure if, never mind. No, it's all good. It's you might be able to do it through a JavaScript configuration. If you're building, do you have a build step or is this on the client side? Yeah, that's the issue is we don't have a build step uh, since this is on the client side. Like you put a script tag on your site. Uh, it it gotcha. makes things a little bit trickier. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what, that's kind of part of the fun of working on developer tools is you, you hit all these edge cases Um that are interesting. Yeah, this happened a lot sure. with uh, session management too, and the differences of browsers and the whole third-party cookie fiasco. And and you know we yeah. we had bugs in Safari that we have to like write edge cases for to kind of make everything work the same way. And it's it's been a bit of a pain. Yeah, don't put an alert in an iframe. Uh, that was bad lately. <laughs> Anyways, exactly. I feel like we're we're digressing a smidge, but um, I. I want to thank you for uh, kind of sharing all the, the clerk fun. Um, if you guys don't have anything additional, pause.
I think we're going to dive into our perfect picks. Usually I go right to, uh, to our, our guest and, uh, Braden was kind enough to, to give us his, are you prepared for this Braden? I am now. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, let me share my screen real quick. Um, you know what? I'm going to throw this up because I'm going to have to edit all this pause out. <laughs> I don't have my display set up right. One sec. Boop, boop, boop. And then Brittany will watch it later and say, uh, you didn't edit this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's see here. I thought I had all these open already and I don't have any of them open. Must have closed the wrong tab. Oh no, did I lose you guys? No. no. <laughs> I got too many things open. Okay, I'm going to take this back down and restart that whole segment. You ready? All right, that was awesome learning all about Clerk, and now we're going to jump into perfect picks. Braden, I'm going to throw you under the bus, and you can go first with your your pick. I'll put it on the screen. Maybe. There you go. Doctor Death. <laughs> Not to be. Uh, yeah, no, it was a so. I guess the story of how I ended up watching this is I bought Peacock for a month to watch the Olympics which was all right. The Peacock experience left something to be desired for the Olympics, but I did get to watch Dr. Death and I thought it was a great show. Uh, it was kind of, it was actually really scary. Like this, this show made like made me feel gross and uh, uh, it's, it's too very, realistic, right? Well, it's based on a true story, yeah. uh, which makes it worse. Uh, and it's very recent. <laughs> but it is fascinating and you, you know you kind of get an insight on a little bit of how things can go wrong and yeah yeah so in a, in a nutshell without ruining it he's he's a surgeon uh specifically like in spinal surgery right mm -hmm. that area and uh he doesn't do a good job and it's quite scary oh bad <laughs> but it's I, I don't think it's too like gross to watch it's just very like enlightening no. what what doctors could do if things went wrong yeah so i watched the first like i was telling everybody before the pod uh, i watched the first few and then peacock was like hey we want you to pay for the rest and i was like oh okay i'll try that later when you have something else i can watch too so <laughs> i gotta finish it uh Brittany, you are up next all right yeah sorry for my audio issues today i don't know how bad it is on your end but um hopefully it's okay so cassidy williams came into the learn build teach discord um that's james q quick's discord learnbuildteach.com can get you there um and she did a meetup uh yesterday on introduction to astro and i thought it was really awesome it's a great like build faster websites with less client-side JavaScript. So it's kind of what everybody in the Jamstack is trying to move towards right now. And it was the coolest thing ever. You can build React, Spelt, and Vue all in the same application out of the box. 
without any configuration. What does that mean? Like you can have an HTML component, a React component brought into that, a Svelte component brought into it, and a Vue component brought into it out of the box. (laughs) I'm I'm shocked like the React side that works. I've always seen how easy the others work, but... It was incredible. And I mean, the way it does it is it compiles and builds all of it away. And it turns off JavaScript by default. So you have to actually configure it to turn it on if you want it. Wow. I'm going to have to watch this video because my mind's, uh, it's like great. I I hope they got the recording this time. And a video of that should be out by the time the podcast comes out. So I'll share the link to the video that she did. Is this 100 seconds of code a different video? Uh, YouTube. I don't know what that video okay. is. That's okay. just cool. their site. <laughs> oh, no, no worries. Um, I've got two picks today. Um, one's a little technical or a lot technical. Um, so the new Firebase uh, JavaScript SDK came out. This has been a work in progress and I can finally talk about um, being on the alpha program. I get kind of all the back end. I get to test it. And so it's been a work for a while, um, but it's kind of incredible how much smaller you can use Firebase now, uh, especially the auth piece, because like almost every app you run into has the auth and we're talking about auth. So I thought it was a pretty good fit in. Um, so now if you can see this, it's probably way too small. I'll just read it. So the Firebase auth package um, previously was 63K. It's now 178 and you can import only that part as well. So it's a huge reduction, and I think it'll speed everything up. Um, there's there's another cool feature in here, which read the whole post. It's it's great if you like Firebase. There's something called Firestore Lite, and that's where like you don't need offline and you don't need as much real time and things like that. Um, and that went... 84% smaller um, from 94K to 15K. So wow. there's some pretty wild stuff coming out of it. And it's all um, got the ESM side to it. So tree shaking is a piece of cake now and it pulls everything out. So bravo. Thank you, Firebase team. I'm, I'm less so JavaScript. Yeah, less JavaScript. <laughs> it's, it's a theme, right? Yeah, it totally is. We'll get to the back to the point where everyone's like, Hey, can we just write HTML? Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) My second pick, um, What If, just came out uh, two weeks ago, I guess. Now, I don't know when you'll watch this. So uh, the first two episodes I've watched, and uh, they're pretty pretty fantastic so far. I thought it'd be a little cheesy and too, like, when they go too crazy in the multiverse, I'm like, oh, this is too exhausting to watch. But super fun for the first two. the first one is uh, Captain Carter, which uh, switches out Captain uh, America and uh, Peggy Carter. I think I'm getting that right. Um, so those are the kind of roles that switch. And there's some other crazy stuff that happens. And then uh, the second episode, um, I won't, you know, I'm not going to say anymore in case other people want to watch it. So the second episode was great, too. But um the whole family is watching this one, so kids safe. I would totally recommend it. It's really cool. I have to get my kids to watch that with me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Braden. I really appreciate it, you coming on. Um, Clerk, it sounds like you're, even though you're a ways along, it sounds like there's going to be so much more to come. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was great chatting with you guys, and thank you so much for having me. 
for yeah. sure. Thank you for coming. Thanks again. Take care. Bye. Bye.